Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This broadcast is brought to you by SureDog.com and is part of our 24-hour radio marathon to support Javier Vasquez as he beats colon cancer. To donate, please visit tiny.cc forward slash tap cancer. That's tiny.cc forward slash tap cancer. Please help Javier and his family in this time of need. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. The following is a special broadcast exclusively from the SureDog Radio Network. VSRN. You're getting beat down after the bell. The Money Fight. Mayweather versus McGregor. Floyd Money Mayweather. The notorious Conor McGregor. From T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's beat down after the bell. Here's your host, TJ DeSantis. Fresh off a 24-hour marathon to support Javier Showtime Vasquez. I know I'm a little bit sleep-deprived. I know that I'm seeing things that aren't necessarily there out of my periphery. But I think I just saw Conor McGregor take like five rounds off of Floyd Money Mayweather, at least in my uneducated boxing minds. Hey, everybody. PJ DeSantis, along with Jordan Breen, who's connecting to us via Skype. Also in studio, Gary Randall. Long time uh, boxing, I don't, I don't, boxing insider, I guess I'm going to call you, Gary. Um, Anthony Walker here as well. First, as always, the cornerstone to our roundtables, the staple to this beat in after the bell. It is Jordan Breen. Jordan, uh, I really thought that Conor McGregor was having his way for at least four, five rounds uh, in this fight against Floyd Mayweather. How much of that was Conor McGregor effectively boxing compared to Floyd Mayweather maybe just Stick into the game plan, sounds like. Well, TJ, as we're seeing in the immediate wake and post-event discussion after something like this, this is a fight that it's built on extremes. It's built on the margins. It's built on the pol- intense polarity. Black, white, Irish, American, MMA, boxing, their personalities, all these kinds of things, they, they're, like I said, they're the extremes of things. What's funny is that this is a nuanced case, I think, because the answer to your question is little column A, little column B. I think it's very obvious when you see how little Floyd attempted to counter and in in general how he operates, knowing that there is no real boxing tape on Conor McGregor outside of Polly Malinaggi and the noodle arms and his terrible heavy bag routine to his open workout didn't really know what to expect so it was it's fair to reason that Mayweather probably wasn't going to be a dynamo in round one period but I think Connor showed a surprising level of boxing acumen we can make fun of the standing hammer fist which will forever be identified with this fight I think but for the most part the way he worked his jab his his timing and his ability to really catch Floyd sleeping at some points and surprise him over the first 9 minutes it was legitimately very impressive hey i no want to question I, about it i want to talk about the hammer fists and i i guess no 
better person to talk about it would be someone who's been consumed by boxing for most of his life, Gary Randall. Gary, Connor was definitely throwing the hammer fist. They were definitely landing to the back of the head. But I feel like Floyd Mayweather deserves some sort of fault in that because, I mean, the way the, – the, yeah. Those. Yeah. That was – not at all initiated, really, by Connor. Floyd was putting himself in that position. I mean, just like when Floyd would, out of nowhere, turn around and all right. of a sudden, you mm-hmm. know, kind of cower and, and and give his butt to to Connor. And it, it, Connor kind of even looked at the ref like, "Well, what do I do with this?" Right. You know what I mean? The guy's like not fighting me; he's kind of stalking me, and now he's doing that. You know, it, it was it was a little strange. It was a little actually kind of out of character. It, it was. Floyd. It's very difficult for me to sort of wrap around my head that there are punches in boxing that are illegal okay to me you're boxing you're fighting with your hands okay if your opponent turns his back to you or ducks i think you should be allowed to hit him can you hit him in the back of the head no probably not i don't believe that well, well but, you certainly can because well, in the co-feature javante davis mayweather's understudy won with a rabbit punch <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> so maybe connor was just maybe he caught the course yeah yeah i yeah. mean um but I, I honestly, I, I don't think Connor. Uh, I mean, let's let's just put this out there. The the refing uh, was so clearly biased from from yeah. the stare down on that yeah. it was it was like it, it was so uncomfortable for me to watch yeah. that and and to see that so you know j- j- just blatant and out there. I mean, that was ob- obviously Bird went rogue. Yeah, yeah, I mean that was the longest introduction well, for the for the fight the, for the ref no, to talk it, it was that long explaining the rules. I mean, and looking dead at him the entire time. He his head did not turn once to look at Mayweather. I, I mean, that was pretty clear that that the ref was was definitely a Floyd fan. He I said, "I evening. will not grapple or wrestle." With <laughs> yeah, him. it's like really okay. Like I I mean we we were talking he literally, about yeah, yeah like, he got briefed like right. ten seconds before you know right. you're gonna we, introduce this guy. We were talking like, yeah, just start the damn fight already. We right. were talking about it in studio. <laughs> here like the final instructions also included like conor mcgregor being grounded for two weeks like it was so <laughs> stern i didn't quite understand i've it. never seen that before right. in boxing uh a, a ref kind of you know go rogan grandstand like that and uh uh clearly you know show that he's 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 not prepared he actually was not mentally prepared to ref this fight i mean that's well, that's Kind of what was what, what was put yeah, out there. What, what, what bothers me, and I want to get Jordan uh, your thought on this. Jordan, you have spent the last X amount of months discussing this in every facet we have available to us, whether it be in prints, whether it be in podcasts, radio spots, interviews, all sorts of things. This has been built up for so long. I never really felt that it was MMA versus boxing. I didn't feel that it was sport versus sport. Yes, a UFC champion is coming over to the boxing realm. It, it is what it is. That's I mean, this is MMA's version of the James Tony situation. But did you ever at any point feel like this was sport versus sport? And if not, did you start to feel that it was when the stare down started to happen in the center of the ring? Because that's when I started to feel like, oh, man, I need to be defensive. What were your thoughts, Jordan? <laughs> I, I never really necessarily felt like it was boxing versus MMA. I think it, it, I, I, my feeling was pretty much in line with Gary's because Robert Byrd is typically a good referee. And the irony of this is that McGregor's camp lobbied not to have Kenny Bayless do this fight because they thought that he was unduly uh, uh, preferential and and showed favoritism towards Mayweather in uh, the Maidana rematch. So when I heard, like, 
Robert Bird's pre-fight instructions, I expected them to end on three separate occasions, and he just kept babbling. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this can't be good. And, yeah, you could tell he was caught in this weird position of wanting to be hands-off, but this was obviously not the right fight for it. I brought up on the roundtable that there was, like, that famous hilarious incident in the Jose Luis Castillo first fight where uh, Mayweather turns away and Castillo rabbit punches him and then starts punching him in, like, around the ears. And I think it's Vic Dracula who's refereeing. He just does nothing. He just stands there. And this isn't a fight where Mayweather was deducted points for elbowing. And famously, Mayweather turns around and, and Castillo's just like, hey, can you believe that shit? And Mayweather's like, no, man, I can't. And they both smile at each other and bump gloves over how bad Vic Draculich's refereeing was. That's what I expected to happen here. That one particular extended beatdown where Mayweather's in the bomb position turned away from McGregor and eats like 10 punches, I could not believe what I was seeing. Hey, Gary, help me out here. I mean, obviously I watch a lot of mixed martial arts. I understand what uh, a stoppage should look like in MMA when a fighter is still standing and no longer intelligently uh, defending themselves. What did you think about this stoppage, and was it justified? Oh, it, it was 100% justified. I, I actually, uh, so, you know, we were watching. I scored, uh, what was it? What, it was stopped in the 10th round? 10th round, 10th yeah. round, okay. So I scored the 9th, the 10-8 round. For okay. Floyd. And I thought, I, you know, I, I, I said out loud in the room, I said that his corner shouldn't let him go out. Uh, for for the next did round, you, did you think he was that hurt though? Because I, I, I yeah, no, uh, I, it was it was plainly obvious that he had literally he he was no longer going to be able to defend himself uh, from that point forward. To his credit, I loved Connor's speech when it was done, and mm -hmm. and and I think and and Connor comes from a sport where where guys get that fatigued and come back from that, right? And that's rarely seen in boxing, so. Uh, th that just might be w one of those kind of crossover situations where boxing fans might not understand. Like, yeah, dude, MMA guys actually kind of come back right. from from being that fatigued, and and you just don't you, you don't get to see that in boxing. It was a justified stoppage. I mean, Connor was a sitting duck. He was a sitting duck at the end of the last at the at the previous round, but you. You do have to consider, and you have to understand MMA to understand this. And, and for those that don't understand MMA, just look at Conor's second fight against Nate Diaz, and you'll see that it was actually part of the plan to gas at a specific point and come back at a specific point in that fight. B boxing fans don't understand that. That's, that's so rare, uh, a, a strategy or even, even used in, in the mental capacity of fighting, mm. uh, that... They're they're not going to understand that guys can come back from that from from being that fatigued and and get recharged. Literally have their second win. You know when you look at Conor McGregor, McGregor will be remembered for a lot of things when his career is done. Tonight is definitely one of those things. But one of the more undervalued, underrated things that Conor McGregor does. This is the weirdest thing to say, but I I believe it's true, and I think this is what makes Conor McGregor so great. Is he loses really well when he loses a fight. He says all the right things in the post-fight interview, and he rebounds very quickly. Um, he literally looked like he was a dude out there that was making $100 million and having the time of his life. Yeah, maybe he got his ass kicked a little bit in the latter parts of the fight, but it didn't break him. It didn't break his spirit, and uh, I don't know. I just think that that is one quality you have to have 
if you're going to have a prolonged career with ups and downs. Conor McGregor is unbeatable sometimes, but when he is beatable, you can't even beat him there because he can lose with, with the best of them in a roundabout way. Yeah, you, you talk about a guy who, who handles defeat as graciously as you ever could imagine. Uh, for a guy who, who brags and boasts and, and is so boisterous in the build-up to all his fights, approaches everything with humility, including his wins and losses. And that's, um, I mean, that's a marvelous thing right there. We don't see that too often. And, and I think uh, that has to be especially striking for, for, some, for some boxing fans. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, uh, but I know in boxing, you take a loss and it's like a huge, huge black eye on you. And it MMA, wasn't always like that, yeah. man. But I mean, it's it's kind of become that. Uh, it you know it, it's that whole debate of you know, hey man, a guy with nine losses in an, in MMA is really not considered the same thing as guy as a guy with two losses uh, in in boxing and MMA. It really doesn't matter because it can be yeah, style so many ways style to lose. On, yeah, yeah, on on any given night, uh, and that guy with nine nine losses can easily uh, find a stride and become a champion and uh, and reign. So yeah, I mean that. I mean, Connor's 0-1 in boxing. <laughs> really? Against, against he's, he's one of the greatest boxer. fighters well, of all time. He, he's 0-1 he's and, and, and walked away a huge And I think he tonight. delivered on his promise. And, and I think that's, that's really the most important thing as far as Connor's brand and, and the, the attachment of MMA. Because I will tell you guys this. From day one, this was MMA versus boxing. And the reason for that to who is though be, to who to yeah because to, to to the absolute audience that Connor meant to be perceived and I'll tell you why when Connor issued out his challenge okay to and 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 Floyd accepted that challenge right Connor did something that had never been done before he was a prime champion that risked everything to go against another, uh, and I think even at 40, you can call Floyd uh, a prime champion. I mean, he, come on, man. His 40 is the average guy's 23. Yeah, he he just, you know, it was prime champion, a young prime champion, going over, crossing over, and taking the risk. That's what made boxing great, and that's what's making MMA greater. And I really dig it. I'm all for it. I, I think that this isn't the first time. Uh, this isn't the last time that we're going to see uh, now a prime champion crossover and give it a shot. And hopefully we see that on the other end as well. Hopefully we see a couple Man. of boxers come over and give it a try. You know what? Because not everyone's going to go out like James Tony against uh, uh, Randy Couture. The, yeah. they Somebody have, okay. they Someone's going to come in. Hey, there's come a on. lot of MMA fighters out there right now. Cody, I'll tell you right now, Cody has a background in boxing. Why do you think he's so successful? Come on, man. Look at his fight against sure. Dominic Cruz. Sure, sure. That's fine. I mean, great head movement by Co- Cody Garbrandt. You're right. I'll give boxing you that. Boxing can but, win big fights. But, but boxing can't win mixed martial arts fights. You're not going to get a crossover from a top-shelf boxer who has never grappled, who has never played jujitsu, but and we all haven't of a seen it yet. Yeah, you, you'd almost you'd almost think Tim uh, Tim Sylvia, two-time UFC heavyweight champion, didn't get absolutely clattered by Ray Mercer, who'd already lost to Kimbo in an exhibition match. Yeah, but, guillotine but, but, choked by Kimbo on. Slice. But Ray Mercer was 65 years old when he, when he fought. No, 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 you know no, what I mean? No, no, Come on, no, man. I, I don't know if you know this. Ray Mercer knocked out Tim Sylvia in an yeah, MMA fight. Yeah, no, I know that. Okay. I, I I do know that. I've, I've seen the I've seen the tape of it. But the even timber. then, I mean, I think Ray was what 45 and and. And yeah, but clearly long time inactive. From, my, my point, you can't, don't forget, man, the company that bought my website managed Ray Mercer. 
That's true. I learned about that in the science. And Ray of violence, was but. one bitter dude, man. Can so, I just so say though? Was, can know, I just say I though? Ray stories. I, I think that the th- this was a moral victory tonight for. If you want to say mixed martial arts, Conor McGregor, whoever. For the fan. Right, sure, fine. For the fan. But that moral victory is much more unattainable the other way around where a boxer is in the octagon. You're going to have to have a mixed martial artist stand in front of a boxer for prolonged periods of time in an MMA fight and allow that fighter to get into it. If you, I mean, Randy Couture hit an ankle pick, a low ankle pick on James yeah, no, Tony. He, he, Grant, he I said, know, he said I, I dusted off my single leg right. takedown, and I, I, and I brought it out, and I, and I, and I, you know, that was the plan. It, listen, Conor it, McGregor doesn't stand with Floyd Mayweather in an MMA fight, and Conor McGregor doesn't take people down. Or he stands on the outside and just peppers his body with knees and kicks and spinning attacks, but I, I still think that he would clown him I, I, I more can't than say what you're saying won't happen, but what I can say is that it hasn't happened yet. And it's going to happen. You, we're going to see a top-shelf boxer come into mixed martial arts? I think arts. the money is about to be right. I think the money is about to be right. This lifted and, and started something. That you, What do you think? Do you think that, that the economy of this is going to end with this fight? Well, here's the thing. This opens I'm, a door that's never been opened. I think there are going to be a lot of refunds here tonight for this pay-per-view. Because we, uh, and what, what fight did we finally get it working in here? Uh, we got it toward the end of the Tank Davis fight. Yeah, like, I mean, we went so long without this thing working on a variety of platforms. Um, the, we, the, we did not have a, a problem at Bruce's but, house. Yeah, but, was, but you guys were clean. using cable, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah so this, if you're a cord yeah. cutter, which we have no cable here, we have to you do You guys didn't online. order it through UFC.com or ShowtimePayPerView.com? It didn't work on either of Showtime those. ShowtimePPV.com was no. apparently all geared all, up. All of them were down for periods of time tonight. All of I'm going to give a plug here to the guys from Fight TV because you guys put on really good online pay-per-views on your apps. There was lots of people having cable issues as well. Old Dick Vital had a multi-tweet meltdown about his local cable provider. I can't see it, sh- baby! <laughs> he would him and his own personal diaper dandies were not pleased. He appeared to have like every uh child and his family over for the big fight and just dropped a multi-tweet barrage all over some weird cable provider I'd never even heard of, but yet got full excoriation from Dickie V. Was it King Vision? No, I I mean I can obviously That was Don King's right thing, now. right? That was a boxing yeah. joke. Why did I get no love for I'm not a boxing guy. I'm making boxing jokes here. Come on. Hey, hey, George. King Vision hasn't been a thing in 20 years. Well, and also, King Vision sounds suspiciously like something that would just be a random cable provider. It's true. A for effort. Come on, please. Hey, Jordan, Gary thinks that the, the economy has changed a little bit. You think that any boxer is going to come over to the UFC and command, you know, multiple millions of dollars in their mixed martial arts debut? It was Frontier Corp. By the way, as is it, Frontier Communications is apparently Dickie V's cable provider. Uh, well, that's my <laughs> cable provider, by the way. I know Frontier has a really bad rated airline. So they got, they, I, can't, but that's, I can't say anything, about, I can't say anything no, about their cable No, it's not okay. the same company. I will say, though, that their internet is, is super awesome and fast. Um, but the infrastructure was the issue tonight. Jordan, same question, though. Uh, do, do you think the economy changes a little bit for anyone other than Conor McGregor if he goes back to the Octagon? Yeah, but I don't know that it's a two-way street, and that's why I think you may get some boxers who, for whatever reason, maybe feel froggy, but it would have to be a mid-level boxer. I, w- I wanted to go like kick it old school and make a Kermit Cintron joke. Right. But oh, that's in, really in actuality, old school. Kermit Cintron, like someone like his profile back when he was like, yeah, I could beat Sean Shirk. I yep. wrestled in high school. 
<laughs> Alright, cool, bro. So did I. I like it. <laughs> Good for you, bro. Go go dive out of the ring again to save yourself. Uh, nonetheless, it would have to be someone like Kermit Centron. You would have to get someone who is a, like a really respectable boxer and is a legitimate world-class fighter and Danny probably Garcia. has an alphabet title, but isn't someone that's pulling down multi-multi-millions of dollars because the nature of boxing promotion is one that you can typically probably afford yourself a whole lot more money, a whole lot more say in the matter, your own sponsorship deals. I mean, if you're a boxer... What, you're going to go wear Reebok in the UFC? No. Ditch no. all that money? That's no. insane. No. However, I do think what Gary says plays. I mean, look at people who've wanted to do this thing for years. Look at the Kissing Cousins relationship between Conor McGregor and the Diaz fam jam. For years. I mean, if we had this kind of uh, sort of brave new world years ago, it may not have been so laughable when the Diaz brothers talked about wanting to pro box on the side and that sort of thing. So I do think there is much to be said for people who want to test themselves get and, and, and have that kind of greater control uh, promotionally and, and, and in terms of agency with the kind of money they can make and how outside of the UFC and following Connor's footsteps. But the kind of boxer that uh, would probably be inclined to do mixed martial arts or like a ufc fight or something like that you're probably looking at you know top 50 to 100 pound for pound guys not top 10 pound for pound guys more than likely but i do think that there is top 20 yeah like there's legitimate leverage top 20 not not top 100 top 20 yeah i'm I'm thinking i'm thinking along the lines of somebody career arc is somewhere like adrian bronner who who seems to lose the big fights Great, so, great example. But, but it's still a big enough name that you can slot him in there and get some eyeballs. You're, you're going to have to put him against someone, though, that is going to stand and trade. You can't put him in there with a straight-up Who's 135 champion? Uh, 135 uh, Co- is Cody, Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt. That's who he'd fight. He could, Broner can make 35. So, so would you have Broner fight Cody Garbrandt for the UFC Bantamweight Championship. I, I think that was an, an excellent example of the, the type of top 20. I mean, he's coming off a loss. Okay. He's, he, he hasn't had a good three years running. Right. Uh, but he brings in, and he proves he brings in ticket dollars, and he brings in pay-per-view numbers. He ha- he's had a, a, a lot of exposure. So it would be worth it if the UFC wanted to give him, you know, two, three million bucks. And if he's not commanding that from his promoter or that somehow meets the minimum and he wants to stay active. All right. Let, it happen. Let me ask you this. What, a, then, what, a, then, what a clash of personalities, too. I mean, you think, you think Mayweather <laughs> McGregor was an obnoxious fight build? Holy shit. Well, let's, let's, on. Like, just the, Cody Garbrandt, and I, as I say this right now, Cody Garbrandt continues his veiled racist insanity against Algernon Sterling on Twitter. Uh, Cody Garbrandt and Adrian Brown just be a race to the bottom of humanity in terms of a fight build. <laughs> hey, can I, can I say we're never going to get a fight build like this ever again? No, no. We're just no, not going to. You know, the, no, the, the reason why I, I don't think you can, I, I, I think we are, is I you, think this opens the door. We're going to get circus. This opened a door that's never been opened. Now, it opened a door, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be as grand of a show the next time around. Because what we have to see is two guys in the opposing sports that are, you know, so great, so lauded, so loved or hated by their respective fan bases, and they are interested in one another. And that's what has to happen. So you got to have two megastars, you know, doing the same thing at the same time. But now that it's happened... 
it's going to happen more. But but yeah, I mean, granted, we could still maybe we will see Anthony Joshua the, and Stipe, but nobody's going to care about it the way they cared about this because those names just don't command that in the level UK of attention. They would. All right, let me let me set the table here real quick, and then we can we can move on. I, I have a question for Jordan. Uh, first off, this is beaten after the bell on the Sherdog Radio Network of Mayweather versus McGregor. I'm TJ DeSantis along with Anthony Walker, uh, Gary Randall hanging out in the studio, and Jordan Breen uh, beaming in via Skype. Um, when this fight was first talked about in like March of last year, March, April, um, I remember somebody from WrestleZone called me and asked if this was a possibility, and I said I didn't think so. And the reason I said I didn't think so is because in my head, the Nevada Athletic Commission is not going to let a mixed martial artist box the best boxer of our generation in his debut. Clearly, I was wrong. Money solves everything. Right. Imagine even adding to that, letting them right. do it in an eight-ounce glove, well, changing the rules for it. Here's my question. In the interest of science. Keep that in mind. <laughs> it's all about science. Well, you know, if it's for research, we're good. Jordan, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think we're more likely to get a denial of licensure to a boxer coming into mixed martial arts who has never done MMA before because there are more weapons? I mean, boxing, it's more scientific when it comes to striking than MMA. But to me, boxing for the first time is a lot less dangerous than having to worry about someone kicking you upside the head with a shin. Who's promoting the fight? The Ultimate Fighting Championship. Then it it could be it could be me and you. I'm on top of your shoulders like Master Blaster and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and we're we're fighting Stipe Miocic. All right, let me ask you it this: could be, me, it could be what it it does not matter even outside of Nevada. It, is the OC promoting it? Yeah, yeah, they can do whatever they want. All right. I mean, TJ, TJ, was Mark Hunt butter being a mismatch for Pride 32? Of course. Of course it I was. Mean, and you're right. But, and that was, was, an, that but, was, that but, was the real deal, was it, wasn't it? Was it the kind of mismatch? Was it the kind of mismatch the UFC would have got pushed through, whereas Pride weren't allowed to stage it? Probably. I mean, it was in yeah, Vegas. You really, think, you really think the UFC wanted yeah. to do Butterbean Mark Hunt tomorrow that they couldn't do it in Nevada? You're right. You're right. I mean, I, I mean, well, well, okay. So and, and you here's add, the thing. Here's the thing. They'll, they'll make it up as they go along because I brought this up on the roundtable. Andre Ward a few years ago when he was supposed to fight Rowan Murdoch, the, the Nevada Athletic Commission went, who, who the hell's Rowan Murdoch? We've never heard of this guy. You can't fight him. And Andre Ward's like, uh, okay, all right. Just go, go get someone else, I guess. But now if Andre Ward wanted to probably fight whoever the hell he wanted in Nevada, Probably go for it. These people just care about making money. That's it. Well, you you asked me the question. They're a self dude. They're a self funded commission. You you asked me the question, Jordan. Is it the UFC promoting it? Okay. What if it's not? What if it's uh, I don't know the RFA? They want to put something. Oh oh RFA? You mean the UFC? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Okay. So what if it's what if it's Bellator? Well, no, Bellator will get it done too. Uh, what if it's Wild Bill's fight night? Uh, well, Wild Bill's fight night. If they have a, a product coming out of the, the hottest uh, club and bar in Georgia, if they have a product that's going to make Nevada or whatever commission it might be that money, right? they're going to do it, especially if they're a self-funded commission the way that Nevada is. <laughs> Got to make that paper. It makes the world go around. Um, there are going to be some lasting effects from this fight. Uh, Mayweather or McGregor sports and entertainment's a thing. Does that Zufa have legs? Boxing. Zufa boxing. Um, 
No. No? I mean, no. help me out here because, I mean, obviously... Those, we... those guys won't won't dig being in the promoter business. That's, that's, in my opinion, set up for when this starts happening a little bit more. Okay. When you start putting... You know, they just, they just realized a new revenue stream. Listen, you know, does McGregor care about his boxing record really all that much if it's 0-1 and he goes back to UFC and just defends his title and that's how it's left? No. And if the opposite were to happen as well... It, it's it would be it's the same same thing. This is only going to happen more, and that's set up for when this when the the opportunity comes. Which so it's will, like which will start. It's like getting ahead of the paperwork. You think? Yes. Got it. Um, Jordan, what does this mean for Floyd Mayweather? I mean, he didn't want to talk about fifty and zero. He he was awkward about it to say the least. He rides off into the sunset. I mean. Is he is he the best ever in your eyes? No, I'd still I'd still give that to probably Sugar Ray Robinson, Henry Armstrong, or Roberto Duran. He'd definitely make my top five. Anthony, and I think there's like you know we can we can there's there's an argument to be made for sure, but there's still like people I would like put ahead of him in historical context. But that's an incredibly rarefied air, and he's made more money than all of them. <laughs> So we, we spent $200 in studio tonight to try to get this pay-per-view to work. And, wow. I mean, we'll get a refund. I'm sure we'll get a refund, honestly. I mean, I hope we get a refund. Yeah, I hope we get a refund, <laughs> too. Get a refund it's, too. It's our money. I'd like to see the correspondence, actually. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can record the phone call. Um, but my question, and I'll, I'll throw it to you, Anthony, is when I looked at this fight, looked at the price point, looked at the pay-per-view dollar, 100 bucks. I thought there's no way that this fight will live up to that price point. You're just setting yourself up for failure. You're going to have Mayweather Pacquiao all over again. I, I don't think that's the case. I think this was worth 100 bucks. I don't think it was worth the 200 that you and I paid, Ant, but I think it was worth $100. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you on that because I've thought it to myself, I, I guess, um, 49 times. I would, you know, buy a Mayweather pay-per-view and, you know, damn it, he did it to me again. You know, when you see he's he's totally outclassed somebody and it's just not even exciting to watch. It just, it, just nothing there to it. Uh, and then I quickly lose interest. But this time, like, wow, this was, and also this was, this was so historic. You know, we are not going to see this magnitude happen again for a very long time we might see more crossovers but we're not going to see it like this uh i mean this this was special uh gary and i talked right before the uh right before the broadcast started and we were both saying hey i was shaking like you know I, my heart was beating fast i was losing feeling in my feet as i didn't even going. feel like that for the pacquiao fight yeah i mean this was this felt like something magnificent that we were watching and it's so rare that, that we get that. And, and really to everybody who is, who is so busy, I mean, Twitter right now is just a, a firestorm of boxing purists right now who are doing their best to just piss on everything Connor did. <laughs> really? And, oh, oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that I haven't seen it. it so I mean, I, you know, they're, they're out that, there. That's just damage control then, right? Because Conor McGregor I, but, overexceeded. But, but at I mean, the same time, it's, it's so he ridiculous. He won more rounds since Miguel yeah. Cotto. No one well, else has what's, won What's so rounds. ridiculous about that is that in the end, we all win. We saw a great fight. We were all thoroughly entertained. We saw Connor defy expectations. We saw Floyd rise to the moment. We saw a lot of great things in one night that we will not see duplicated anytime soon. Let's enjoy it for what it is. Let's appreciate what we saw instead of trying to tear it down 
and, and trying to trying to you know shit on the accomplishments of a guy who who risked really risked it all, risked a great career. Then he who is Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor risked a career. Yes, he didn't need a career after making the money he made tonight. No, no, he risked he he risked if he went in there and looked like a clown. He risked everything he's built up thus far. He he, he, he put that on. his he mystique did, would I mean, have been ultimately, gone. like yeah, if he gets starched in thirty seconds, it's not that it, the whole thing's not that big of a deal in a month or two, right? But he he did he did take that leap at the height of everything. I mean, he's he's he. he I'll literally take a leap off. There was no tune-up no, no. here, man. I'll literally he take went right a leap. for it. If you give me $100 million, I will literally take a leap off a great I think Connor was worth. Right I think Connor was worth every penny tonight. Absolutely. Yes. No, I agree. Jordan Breen, was he worth 100 of your Canadian dollars? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is a moment that transcended sports. This is a pop culture event. Like, there's a reason Steve Harvey is trending on Twitter. You know, like, this is an event that's so big that lay people watched it and still got a kick out of watching the host of Family Feud absolutely lose his mind on camera. Are, are we going to break this down a decade and two months later from tonight, Breen, and have a different feeling than we do right now? Oh, well, I mean, we'll probably have a different feeling because one of the things we're discussing is that this is a, a new frontier for mixed martial arts and definitely reorients the balance of power that a major superstar in the UFC can have. So, you know, a decade from now, we may look at the fruit of this moment and like what it's born, you know, like the, the kind of fruit that it's born and, and think, wow, I mean, we have to look at it differently now. This was a, a bellwether moment for combat sports where things were one way and now they're another. So we may, we may just inevitably have to think of it a, di a different way, but I don't think the general takeaway of, McGregor being at least early on a far better boxer than anyone would have really believed. I think that will stay fairly concrete. That will be uh, a takeaway that doesn't really get tarnished or diminished or anything like that. I think sanity will reign in that way, but we'll probably have to think of it differently because it probably will be uh, the dawn of a new era or at least something that other people can try to replicate. If nothing else, McGregor set a precedent. So in a precedent setting uh, moment, one that is so big, so famous, so spectacular in the most literal sense. Yeah, we'll probably have to think of it differently in 10 years, but it won't be us saying like, oh, you know, Carter actually didn't do shit out there. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about what would have to happen for another UFC fighter to come over and get into the boxing realm and, and probably have... just like $5 million. Sure. Well, maybe, but here's the thing. The UFC allowed this to happen in a lot of ways. They still had to go through a process to make sure that they got theirs in this situation. I got to imagine that they're only going to play ball, Gary, again in a situation like this, if Conor McGregor does in fact come back to the octagon. There are a lot of people that are on the well, fence yeah, about it. Some people contracts. say, well, some I mean, people say that absolutely Conor will fight again. He'll fight again before the end of this year. Some people say he won't fight again until maybe the end of next year. I, I think he'll come back. I think Conor McGregor is a millionaire, but at the end of the day, he's still a martial artist. Um, we'll see when that check clears. But, but do you think that the UFC would maybe have a bit more hesitancy to allow uh, an athlete under contract box if it meant that they would get this you know, once-in-a-lifetime payday and potentially No, that's why they formed Zoo for Boxing. That's, that's, yeah, but they it, formed it for just exactly for this reason. But it, it's still... It's still it, it, I mean, UFC it's like winning did the not lottery, have though. to let him fight, though. No, I know, but it's they like, could have locked up but, Connor in litigation. Sure, and he fought it. But 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 again, like if I'm a guy who's been fighting for 
50 and 50 or 75 and 25 or whatever, and now I'm going to go here and fight for $100 million, I don't need to work anymore. I don't need to fight anymore. I don't need to risk my body. Yes, you can have contracts. It doesn't mean that a fighter has to fight if he doesn't want to fight. Well, welcome to the WME IMG era. This is something that, that the uh, Fertitta brothers would not have allowed to happen. So we're looking at a company that owns the UFC that is in the star-making business. This is something that makes a star. Now, now WMEIMG could be looking at it this way. Yeah, you know, you let a fighter uh, leave the UFC temporarily to go into a boxing match or do, go do kickboxing, whatever else, whatever other combat sport is going to garner more money. Uh, they take a cut of that, and then they're, they're a big star. Maybe they don't come back, but you know what? Maybe you get a cut of their movie career. WME's Maybe you get a cut a, of their endorsements. They got a really big note to pay every month. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there is, I mean, you ever heard, um, uh, Jordan, I know you've heard of this, uh, a 360 deal that's a, a big thing in music now where a record label takes pr a cut of pretty much anything that you come across, whether you get endorsements, your concerts, uh, not only your album sales, your merchandising or movies or anything you do. This could be the, this could be combat sports version of the 360 deal yeah but they're they're buying that i mean they're they're not you know you're not just signing a contract and giving that away they're giving you something for that they're saying hey you're getting a guarantee or we're fronting you you know what i mean x amount uh of of what that guarantee is or, or down the line or a minimum once you do that you know once once you accept that guarantee well then you know they can pretty much do what they want they they own whatever it is you do. If he were to never fight again, I don't know what the, you know, if Connor wakes up and says, you know what, I look at my kid, I just made all this money, I know I have this contract, I don't know what the penalty would be. I don't know what that would... What do you would... mean penalty? You don't have to... If you owe someone fights, it just means that if you fight in this time, you owe those fights to them. They own your fight rights. You don't, if you don't fight, you don't owe them anything. Yeah, they can't. They can't force you to, to fight. They can't no. force yeah, you to they, fight. Yeah. No. So yeah, they just so lock they, you out of fighting for anyone so, else. So then it comes down to a trust factor. Is my point right? Well, I mean, the UFC says, "Well, okay, you're not fighting anymore. Uh, therefore, you're retired. So we're freezing your contract." Um, that's why Randy Couture said he was resigning, not retiring. Um, I don't know. I I think it's good for combat sports. I mean, do boxing, you think Connor's going to do that? Uh, or do you think no, he's no, going to defend I, his title? I, th I think Connor's going to fight um, for a lot more money in the UFC. Yeah, because, I mean, because he. So he, what does that mean? So that that's that's a change. That's that's a departure from how the UFC has normally been. They now have a guy coming back in. Right. He's a champion. Mm -hmm. He's the champion. Mm -hmm. They have an interim champion, so they those two are going to have to fight. But they have to now give him a guarantee, which See, is something they never really did before. I mean, uh, Conor McGregor is an agent of change. Like this is what his and, entire well, really, Ronda. Was, it changed with Ronda. Well, this, this, this Conor has, has with well, nothing. Ronda. Nothing changed with Ronda though, because part of the one of the reasons the UFC and the Fertitas loved Ronda and why other managers and fight contemporaries hated her is that Ronda took lowball deals all the time from the UFC and relied so heavily on the UFC for promotional opportunities outside of it. Even though, which which is ironic, and shows how little Rousey even grasped the totality of what a star she was. She was on Oprah and shit before the UFC. She won an Olympic medal before the UFC, right. and still she was so deferential and left so many millions on the table because she jumped at the first offer the UFC gave her time and time again. McGregor is the antithesis of this. Hey Jordan Breen, what if I just told you that DJ Hoppe replied to me on Twitter? 
that well. I mean, I just, that would shock me at all. It's not like he's a major celebrity. We're what are you probably, talking about? We were probably literally the biggest fans of that guy, vis-a-vis K1 Dynamite USA, than right. anyone has ever been. I know. If you uh, don't know what we're talking about, uh, it'll be up soon, the archive of our 24-hour marathon. Uh, I'm beyond sleep-deprived and so excited to uh, go to sleep here. Didn't Rhonda Speaking- get, though, the, the biggest pay bump? As far as like when, when yeah, she, she when came back she and fought defeated, for three million dollars, that was her guarantee. So, so money. she never got a back end pay per view cut. Of course she never. did. Oh, of okay. course she did. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. all right. Well, yeah, but but I don't know. I mean, who was doing that before her getting back end pay per view? A lot of people. Tito Ortiz was getting pay per view cuts. I don't know if they were pulling in million dollar buys. If she did that, did she pull in million dollar buys? She did hit yeah. the one million mark. Yeah, yeah but right? I mean, more but, than once. But but Tito was getting pay-per-view cuts and they were not doing half a million buys. He would mm-hmm. still get a cut of pay-per-view. I mean, not much. I mean, you're talking like... So don't you think Connor's going to come in and that entire process is going to be restructured? Sure, sure, but here's the thing too, and, and Jordan, I, I'd love your thoughts on this. If Connor McGregor comes back and fights in the UFC this year or early next year, it's not going to be against the winner of Kevin Lee and uh, Tony <laughs> Ferguson. It's going to be Nate Diaz. That's, yeah. that's where the money is. I mean, if well, Conor McGregor's going to command uh, tens of millions of dollars, guaranteed on paper, you have to have a money fight. The only money fight for Conor McGregor right now is settling the trilogy with Nate Diaz. Well, it's, it's a relative scale, too. I mean, Conor McGregor against Kevin Lee or Tony Ferguson still going to do a, sure. an incredible amount of business. It's just not going to do anywhere near the business that right. a rubber match with Nate Diaz does. Yeah. Well, I think we need to wait and see what Kevin Lee does with Tony Ferguson. I think that matchup, those personalities, is going to be dynamite for promotion. Kevin Lee, in in my opinion, is the next big star in the UFC. So, I can't I can't handle a Kevin Lee Conor McGregor fight promotion because that means exactly. they're going to have to look at Kevin Lee <laughs> dressed up like Kevin Lee, inevitably standing next to Dylan Dennis dressed up like Dylan Dennis, while Kevin Lee acts like Kevin Lee and Dylan Dennis acts like Dylan Dennis. I can't do it can't do it it's too much like dude i might have like a i might have a stroke or a seizure or something that's too much bootleg versace in one place too much 90s r&b group yeah just wearing these fucking jodeci sunglasses just looking like idiots i can't do it i was thinking more after seven but you know know, i wanted to bring up one thing that connor didn't do and I, i don't quite understand it is he never actually, like, really let that left hand go. The entire fight. I mean, like, he never, you know, not, not even the way I saw it in sparring against Pauly. And it's not like, you know, I mean, maybe he couldn't do it. Maybe that was Floyd, you know. But I, I really didn't see it attempted. You know, the, w- the way it looked to me, I thought that, that Connor was trying to conserve his gas tank. And he wasn't trying to expend too much energy in the power shots. It's just that as the fight went on, he got tired anyway, moving around so much and, and dealing with someone as tricky as Floyd. And Floyd backed him up and started banging him with the body. Too yeah, he did. Yeah. That, was, that, was that was hard really pressure. The, that was hard yeah, pressure. I mean, Floyd gave those rounds away, obviously, knowingly. I mean, he was smiling while he was doing it. But Yeah, and McGregor seemed to have, like, the right strategic idea, though. Like, he went out and attacked early, which obviously he's going to have to do. Like, it's reasonable that he was going to gas anyway. It's one thing that a lot of people foretold, whether or not it was a result of Mayweather putting the pressure on him or it was just him being in the different boxing environment and having to go 12 rounds. But the way that he used the jab and the timing and just kind of threw uh, short shots to, to get a look, I would never want to compare him to Vasil Lomachenko or something like that. But when you see a dude like Lomachenko who throws like a lot of shots like that just to try to get his opponent moving and get a look and then set up bigger shots. I mean, we, we talked I about I thought those how bigger much of a- shot opportunities were there. 
He he well, would I mean, do two, three hey, little pitter patters. It's hard to throw the left hand when you're riding Mayweather's back for half the fight. <laughs> All right. I mean, but seriously, like I, I do, I do think that maybe he could have like 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 let the left hand go a bit more. But I thought he I, yeah, generally had a good I, I expected idea a little more Kirk. bad intentions behind the left hand from Connor. I think there was some opportunities there that he. He just, you know, he was. He seemed real content that, that the pitter patter was kind of working uh, for those first couple of rounds, and you know, maybe didn't see the bigger picture that was kind of happening over time. Uh, you know, that that could have literally been just like sitting in boiling water and not realizing how hot yeah. it's about to get. Uh, but the the opportunities were there. Yeah. I mean, you well, know, he did an adrenaline dump in the first two rounds. He, you know, but I didn't see him do, and, and, and I love this about MMA, and this is something that I think a, a new term that MMA has brought to the table, and I thought Connor would do it, is I thought he would level up at certain points in the fight and, and you know, maybe be detailed strategically enough to know that at the midpoint of round three, I'm going to do this, and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start throwing a couple of five, you know, punch combinations with the fourth and fifth punch being hard. Uh, I expected to see that. I expected to see, you know, with, what what we saw from Floyd, especially if you're if you're if you've been in the boxing community, you see skilled veterans do to young, really good amateurs and really good young pros all the time in the gym, and that's what helps those guys actually get a lot better. But you see the seasoned pro deal with all the all the early stuff. Uh, and then and then basically drown them in in the end and and I think Connor got good enough to be a solid contender in boxing I really do he he just hung in there and I think he he was so well composed I I think he could have done more I I saw the opportunity there it was he put himself in the right positions that jab though oh man good jab solid jab. jab yeah, yeah solid jab those yeah. uppercuts. The, the left early. uppercut Ooh, early yeah. on, I Ooh. thought was like the best punch that he landed. It was like the first punch of, of consequence. In general, too, I, I thought the strategic element they had was smart because one of the things we honed in on before the fight was McGregor is not like a stupendous MMA boxer. He's pretty much a one-handed, counter-oriented, left, like left-handed puncher. But he sets everything up with these this this heavy window dressing of, of kicking offense that gets people moving, doing erratic things, and then all of a sudden it's left hand, left hand, left hand, yep. and you end up looking like Dennis Seaver. He obviously can't kick in this case, and he's not a really I was gonna say not a great MMA jabber, but he just really doesn't jab period in the MMA context. The the way they came up with him at least doing that pitter patter attack and standing in front of Floyd and trying to get a look, even if maybe he didn't pull the trigger as much as he could have as Gary pointed out, even if he was perhaps wary about gassing himself out too early. As Ant pointed out, I still think that general strategy, especially basing it around things that McGregor doesn't really excel at in his MMA game, was was really impressive. Because if the whole idea uh, around what makes McGregor successful is that he sets up these situations where all of a sudden he can nuke people with that left hand once he gets a certain look, how is he going to do it without kicking? This is a pretty, you know, it's a pretty valiant effort and a pretty clever one against exactly the kind of guy in Floyd Mayweather, a historically noteworthy and celebrated Sterling uh, defensive specialist. That's pretty impressive stuff. We've got some audio that Jordan wants me to play, and we'll also get to <laughs> some attendance figures. We're going to take a quick break, though, uh, first. Uh, 844-SHIRTDOG is the number. It is 844-743-7364. You can get at us on Twitter, at TJ DeSantis, at Ant Walker MMA. Yep. Not the great Big Daddy? I'm still the great Big Daddy at heart, but 
Okay. My Twitter name is Ant Walker MMA. And what are you, Gary? Are you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, at uh, MGX Mother's Milk. Okay, perfect. Go uh, follow and uh, get at us. Let us know what you think. Or give us a ring. Again, 844-SHIRDOG is the number. 844-743-7364. Take a quick break. Come back. More beatdown after the bell on the Sure Dog Radio Network. Better Emilio is a beast. It's Fedor Emelianenko. Emilio. No, Emelianenko. Better Emilio. This is the beatdown. Right. We'll be right back. Looking to maximize your sports betting bankroll? Then sign up with betonline.ag today to claim a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code SHIRDOG and up to $2,500 worth of sportsbook free plays will be credited to your account instantly. Once you're in on the action, you'll see firsthand why betonline.ag receives an A grade. Bonuses on every qualifying deposit. The earliest opening odds in the industry. State-of-the-art live betting software, the highest parlay and teaser payouts on the planet. Plus, you're getting odds on football, hoops, baseball, MMA, boxing, and just about every other sport. That's just a small sample of what is waiting for you at betonline.ag. And thanks to a large list of banking options, including credit cards and Bitcoin, getting your account set up only takes a few minutes. Most importantly, when it comes to getting paid, your winnings will always be delivered to you on time. Remember to score your 50% bonus. Just use the promo code SHIRDOG. Sign up at betonline.ag today. Because you can. This is a SureDog Radio Network 24-hour marathon donation update. All right, so the marathon is officially over, but I'm still trying to get that number for Javi Vasquez. I really wanted $50,000. We're not there. We're almost at $49,000. Uh, $75 more will get us $49,000. So uh, we are currently right there on the bubble of our halfway mark, which I'll say, if you want to give like $1,075, I'd appreciate it. Javier Vasquez would appreciate it as well. Um, you can do that right now at tiny.cc forward slash tap cancer. And even when this marathon is far in the rear view, uh, I'm sure Javi would appreciate your support during his battle with colon cancer. So please, if you have it, uh, share it. Javier Vasquez, one of the more important people in my personal life and uh, has definitely been a personality and figure here on the Sure Dog Radio Network for the better part of a decade. So... Go do that. I would appreciate it. More beatdown after the bell coming up here on the SureDog Radio Network. Support Javier Vasquez as he beats colon cancer. To donate, please visit tiny.cc forward slash tap cancer. pay-per-view in the crib with Odin Smith yeah, and on the fights losing all my loose a setup he had to scare me out of my cream cause he's pals with the beat down and Jordan Green every time after the bell he on the Dell for recaps on who tapped and lost his belt ill comebacks and fight stats analyzing every match the good rap call up and chat with the shirt dogs who got it on smash and lock bet the bank who's messing with that this is it for my MMA fix. I like them off of shows less than Mike Fridley like the clips. And TJ be live in Menard's three ways. Uh, maybe not, but he still keep the blazing hot. Show hogs low, myspace.com backslash L O R E S O. Yeah, 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 yeah. TJ and Jordan, take that. 
Yo, Mike Fridley, what up? Yo, tell Odin, give him my money back. Odin, give him his money back. We're back on Beat 10 After the Bell, Sherdog Radio Network. TJ DeSantis, along with uh, Anthony Walker, Jordan Green, Gary Randall from The Science of Violence. I tried to hit up your buddy Mike Fridley to see if he'd come on the air and give us his thoughts, but uh, I think he's busy being the editor-in-chief guy. You know, he's, he's doing big things. Yeah, I think Fridley's slammed. Yeah, we'll see, though. Uh, hang on. He's texting me back. Can't yet. He still has coverage coming in, um, but hopefully we can get Mike on. Jordan Breen hanging out as well. Um, Jordan, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this audio when I try to play it. Uh, do you, do you I need to set here's it up? Here's the thing. I don't want. I don't want to have to hear it again. Play the full 69 second version that I sent you. This. This is an assault on the senses. You know, cord cutting something that came up with you and Ant talking earlier. You want to know why people turn an eye away from a lot of cable, even if it's something they care about, like sports. Listen to the cacophony of Teddy Atlas and Stephen A. Smith. And as many of you know. I'm, I'm known to talk over a man from time to time. A woman, too. I'll talk over anyone. This is... What? This is an assault on the census. Fast food? I mean, do you yeah, think that was... Does make a fast food? That's exactly what it does. He I mean, that's what I'm saying. He made him go in there. Listen. And he made him cook cheeseburgers. He made him go go. He made him do something. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, Teddy. Hold on, Teddy. But his character... Hold on, Teddy. Hold on, Teddy. Oh my God! What the hell did they say? I I, <laughs> I just heard like food analogies the whole time. I want a hamburger. So, so I'm very happy that Mayweather McGregor birthed that. It, like Teddy Atlas can say, can make some very wild analogies, and half the time I have no idea what he's talking about if it's not just straight technique talk. So please, uh, Jordan, do you have any context to the flipping the burgers? What, 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 oh what, my God! What was that supposed Dude, to represent? This this. Uh, everything Teddy does is normally I I rate it on a scale of like is it is it anodyne but sort of crazy like him talking about the New York Jets that's like a one and then ten is him having a stroke on air and doing though you put the lime in the coconut and you mix it all up you put the lime in the coconut and drink it all down well how long until this, th- this yeah. is beyond the lime in the coconut this is this broke the lime in the coconut scale how how the burger flipping thing is. Ch- what the hell is he talking this about? Is, this is going to be auto-tuned and put in so many ridiculous YouTube videos for many years to come. Can, can we, and, the memes that are going to come from this whole, whole Hold on, Teddy! Hold on, the Teddy! Memes. Steve, yes, the memes. Stephen A. Smith realizes he's not being listened to and goes into this weird state where like, he's yelling at himself. Th- that entire clip is just my my brain feels besieged i I think you hit the nail on the head he's yelling at himself (laughs) he really is i think his hairline actually moved further back (laughs) as he was yelling it was it was quite the feat wow i i guess i mean yeah that these sort of things have like the world is like coming apart right now hey i don't know about you guys but i am tuning in monday to watch uh undisputed stop on it. fs1 stop i gotta it. watch it man well, it is gonna be pure comedy so, i'm watching well it. here's the thing this is pro wrestling skip bayless is a pro wrestler so either he's going to double down on conor mcgregor's go you know what he got screwed or he's gonna pull a heel turn and be like conor sucks he pissed it away i'm a floyd mayweather fan that's what he did with Terrell Owens. <laughs> like, he, that is nonsense. Like, nope, it but is it's, it's entertaining wrestling. nonsense. It I'll is, give him that. It is pro wrestling <laughs> without, like, appreciating 
the backstage politics. Yeah, but it was also pro wrestling refing. And that's actually kind of disturbing. Well, yeah, that was yeah, some that was, interesting. I, 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 don't, I don't think that that should be forgotten in, in the aftermath of this, that that happened. I think that that's a real shame that that's forgotten. Because is, is Bob I, I, th I think that's him? what these guys should actually be talking what? about, that yeah. that was so blatantly biased on TV. Yeah. I mean, and, and kudos to Connor for, for keeping his composure, never taking his eyes off his opponent and just, you know, ready to fight. And he was obviously, you know, on, on autopilot at that, at that point. Both guys were. Uh, but I've never seen that in the sport of boxing before. Uh, I've only heard about stuff like that happening in the 30s and 40s and sure. 50s and, you know, when, when things involved the mob and things like that. Uh, I, I, I mean... Honestly, I think well, I think I think there should be like some kind of consequence or reprimand for well, that. I, I uh, yeah, I, it, something's it looked, not right there, man. It, you can't let that pass. I get I mean, it. That's, I get that's it. really that was very 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 out of line. It looked bad. It definitely looked bad. But here's the thing: the referee had it was bad. Yeah, but the referee had many opportunities to actually make a poor choice, and he didn't. He didn't take a point away from Connor. He could have. I mean, the hammer fist happened many times. He hit to the back of the head many times. Connor reached out and punched Floyd when the referee was standing in between him. Didn't do anything. He just gave a very stern warning to Connor unfairly. What? There's, there's. But he did deviate from the right. I'm not going to script. I guess of how a, 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 a fight is is right. is started and and won, which, in my opinion, uh, kind of creates confusion yeah. and, and and awkwardness. Agreed. Well, Connor yeah. kind of looked at him like, "What are you doing right well, now?" Yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah, everybody kind of tilted yeah. their head like, "What yeah. are you doing right now?" And 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 I don't know. I I, I think there should be something. It, it can't go ignored. Hey, Jordan, it, you think Bob Bennett has a conversation with the referee tonight? I mean, Robert Bird's their second. He's the one A and one B are him and Kenny Bayless. Okay, like, but I mean, does that does nothing. that make it? Does that make Bob Bennett pull the Keith Kaiser and say there's no problems here in Nevada? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's exactly the kind of thing we're gonna get. I mean, dude, he's well indentured. Dude, his wife. Think about like, oh, he's yeah. he's ten times more important than yeah. his wife is. Yeah. His wife is a, a, a terrible uh, judge in two sports. Yeah. In two sports. It's true. Like this. Is, one thing we can say about Nevada, it's not just a good old boys network. The girls get in on the fun too. I was actually mad. Floyd's out here talking right now. By the way. Um, your your gate, according to Floyd Mayweather, is over eighty million dollars, breaking the seventy-two million dollar gate that uh, Pacquiao and, and what Mayweather. Was, what was the attendance? Like fourteen. Your your something? attendance, not exactly a great one, considering that uh, the T-Mobile had 20, over twenty thousand people for uh, Canelo and Chavez. But uh, your attendance for the evening, fourteen thousand six hundred thirty-two. Far from a sellout. Can, can we can we divide or can we take the gate number and divide it by? the uh, number of people that were in-house and paid and figure out what the average ticket was? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is can someone uh, a mathematical idea. Yeah, can someone figure that out? Um, I, I didn't know if you are being rhetorical. No, I'm serious. One no, no. go do it right Sorry. now. I, I wasn't asking if there was like a mathematical formula that existed <laughs> to figure that out. I'm aware of how division works. Um, I, I can't recall a fight that was so barren throughout the entire fight card and then all of a sudden the main event happened and it was that packed. It was it was very, very noticeable. I know that it happens oh, yeah. in Vegas, but like it, it felt extra dramatic. It felt like a David Copperfield illusion. <laughs> it was like it's it just, empty, it's empty, it's empty. Oh my god, the fire marshal is here and we all have to leave. 
there were so many delicious freaks on the hard camera side, though. There was one guy who had a mustache and was bald and was very obviously out of his mind on cocaine. And <laughs> I, just kept, yeah. like, yeah. vibrating and bouncing I around. I saw that. I saw that. But speaking of people uh, ringside, when the pay-per-view, Floyd was just saying that uh, pay-per-view servers in California and Florida went down, and that specifically was the thing that led to them delaying it a bit. And so they're showing clips from the Andre Berto fight, which I assume they did because Berto's part of an MMA family and not because it's any kind of fight you'd want to rewatch. Right. Nonetheless... The Berto fight, I'm sitting there just like, God, can we start this? And I, I look across, and the way the ring is laid out, it's just a perfect run of the, the last the last era of the Nevada Athletic Commission. You know, there's no J. Daniel Carpenter or what's-her-face who just got a – Stacey Alonso who just got appointed. It's Marion Michon, uh, Michon, uh Pat Lundvall – uh, Francisco Aguilar, Skip Avancino, Anthony Marnell. And I'm just looking at them. And, like, Lundvall is right in the middle of the camera. She doesn't have her glasses on. She's, like, squinting. And I'm just like, oh, just, I hate all of you. Well, she was tro- probably trying to figure out if John Kavanaugh spoke English. Oh, do you, do you read? Do you understand English? Is that what they speak in, in your <laughs> Ireland? Do you read and speak English? Yeah. The the Mola Wall's reaction to that is just the best all time. <laughs> Nevada, what a show! Like I, you talked about this on the JBS a long time ago, Breen, about about making a, a television show like an HBO series about an athletic commission, and you don't need to do it because it exists. The Nevada Athletic Commission is a television show, and it happens to air on UFC Fight Pass. God, just think about think about the two Connor related ones. Do you, remember the 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 Mary Michonne and Pat Lundvall talking about him filming public service announcements mm. for Nevada over throwing water bottles and shit. Mm. Like I remember when these it, psychos in my day Ratner was running the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and he did a great job. Uh, Ratner's still Ratner's still responsible for the best uh, hijinks moment in Nevada Athletic Commission history after Lennox Lewis and Oliver McCall too, when clearly Oliver McCall has had a crack cocaine induced complete meltdown yeah, inside right, the ring and starts right. and starts crying in the fight stop by Mills Lane, and no one really understands what has happened. The, the, the HBO crew are dumbfounded. You know, like Larry, Larry Merchant is just like we're watching a man like just in, and I, I believe his lines uh, like we're watching a man like in 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 the grips of personal crises yeah. or something like that. Yeah. They have no idea what they're watching, although are obviously dimly aware it's uh, linked to this man being a crack cocaine addict. But because of the bizarre I think it was the same referee too. nature of the finish, they get Ratner interviewed. Uh, I think it's Lampley. It might be Merchant. But I think it's Lampley. They get him ringside at the HBO desk like right after they announce Lennox Lewis as the winner. And Ratner is in, in a state that I have never seen another regulator in public or, or film. No Ratner, one. Ratner is so ups, like, uh, upset. Doesn't begin to explain it. He is so clearly confused, yeah, confused worried that, that he just yeah. saw like a fix or something like that. Yeah. He is apoplectic. That's he is, the like, first thing they white, think. Red and purple. That's yeah, the and he, first he's, thing he's, they like, think always is a fix. Yeah, and this is obviously you know in a time where 
you know, this much more viable Lennox Lewis and Vander Holyfield one after all. That notwithstanding, like Ratner is like shaking uncontrollably, and he, he's not even making sense when he's talking to Jim Lampley. He's yelling about withholding Oliver McCall's purse pending yeah, an investigation, but he's so upset that he actually looks like he's going to burst into tears on HBO. Nothing has changed though sick, this many man. years How do you later. How just recall that? Because he's a, he's 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 got like a sick. photographic memory. I remember that. Pretty crazy. You, you know what's crazy to me is Mark Ratner is still constantly confused. Every time they yeah. put him on the UFC's <laughs> broadcast, you're like, oh, Mark Ratner, can you knee to the head of a grounded opponent? Sure! Whatever you want, Herb Dean. Yeah, the Tim Means-Alex Oliveira broadcast is a very, like, that's like the nadir of UFC regulatory-related broadcasting. That is as, about as sad as it's ever gotten. I just, I don't know. But seriously, it's, I mean, kudos to Nevada, at, le at least uh, going back to Adelaide Bird, Pat Lundball, Mary Michon, Stacey Alonso now. You know, it's it's not just for men. Their kind of grift is uh, one that's gender inclusive. 844-SHIRDOG is the number. It is 844-743-7364. Phone line's wide open. Um, I thought that the phones would be ringing off the hook. I mean, this is the fight that never was supposed to happen. It finally happens. It's supposed to, I mean, it, it apparently broke the internet. I mean, this fight officially broke the internet. Yeah, yeah it, it literally broke parts of the internet. I think everyone's kind of satisfied. Since, yeah, but haven't it, seen it since Kim Kardashian's ass. But, but but not only did it break the internet, it sounds like it broke the regular infrastructure of North American cable. You so, know, so did Pacquiao uh, Mayweather because I ordered that fight. I think I spent like ninety bucks or whatever for the HD. Right. I ended up getting SD in Spanish. But you just got whatever. <laughs> you and did I and I did not just, get a refund. Just, wow, wow. That's why I said I want to see your correspondence. I want to see what they tell you. What the number I, what, two trending topic on Twitter right now, by the way, uh -huh. is Connor with two N's. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love this sport. Does it help if I am featured on the network that didn't work from time to time? I don't think it hurts. But the operator's not going to care about that. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Um, They're going to buy it again. What's that? They're going to buy it again. Everyone's going to buy it again. There's going to be another, and everyone's going to buy it again. I, I think Connor will box again. I do. And you know what? I, so, the, the, I wanted to find out, TJ, yeah. what do you think the wake of this is going to be? like? And I, and I don't mean you know the 10-year wake. I mean the one-year wake. Well, I, I think Connor will return to the UFC. He'll have a fight there, and he'll fight Nate Diaz probably. And then the talk is going to come up again about... I think he's going to fight Woodley. No. 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 That'd be, uh, that know, would not, fight that, Woodley. That would not be it's good. For, happen. That would not be good for Conor it's McGregor. It, it, you know, I don't like his chances in that fight, but I could definitely see that matchup being made. Uh, because well, Conor, he keeps on defying logic. He keeps on doing everything he's not supposed to do and, and, and coming out like gold every time. Well... I, why doesn't he stop? Why, why does he stop that now? This is what's going to happen. And, and I wasn't for it, but now I kind of am because he, he showed himself that he can box. I think he's going to box Paul and Molinage. And I think it's going to have legs. That, oh, what, if he, what if he boxes Nate Diaz? What if their trilogy fight is a boxing oh match? What if Paulie Malinaji agrees <laughs> to fight Connor in the octagon? No. Paulie Paulie starts I know I mean I, we all know what'll happen on, but he'll, but no one's going to watch the boxing match man no one's going to care Really? 
They're going to want to see. It's not going to be like this. They want to see. It won't be like this. They want to see Conor McGregor get his hands raised. And that's much more I likely in a I don't know that it's more viable than UFC fight. I don't know. I don't know if it's more. I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Unless I am told we have to do beatdown after the bell, I will not buy Conor McGregor versus Paulie Malignaggi. I'll tell you this. I won't. You'd buy it if it were in the octagon. Of course I would. And everybody else would. The number would be a lot bigger if Paulie went into the octagon. You, you, you could be talking about even breaking a UFC record. Team Tiger Shulman. And, there, and that, that goes Malignaggi. with everything we spoke about earlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here... That he, could happen. This is the thing, that's though. Road. That's what th- That's what tonight proves. Tonight proves, honestly, that no matter how ludicrous something sounds in your head, if you say it five or six times, <laughs> the next thing you know, you're paying $100 for it on pay-per-view. Or I mean, $200. Honestly, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just... It, I, I didn't think it would be this big of a pop culture spectacle. I really didn't. I mean, the, the, I knew it was going to be big, and I knew that we were going to get a ridiculous price uh, point for it. But when they started going, when Connor started going after Steven Espinoza at the press conferences, and he changed the game when he did that. And, and Floyd Mayweather is like walking up to Dana being like, Uncle Dana, what's up, man? We're the same person. What, what, what is happening right now? Everybody was playing their role. Yeah. Well, Steven Espinoza didn't know that it was anybody's role. It didn't matter. He was upset. It was the theater of life. It was, it was just happening. It was just magic happening. All of it was magic. All right. Floyd's, Floyd's car salesman routine is just nerve-grating, though. Well, he doesn't have wit. Yeah. But he does have... But what, what Floyd does have... He excels in in keeping his composure to a yes. point, to a point of I, I think he tries to make up for for lack of wit or lack of intelligence, whatever whatever you, one would want to call it, with 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 stoicism. And and that that comes from him keeping his composure the way he does. I thought he made up for it with hard work and dedication. Well, dude, he's a great defensive fighter <laughs> nice. on multiple levels, and I don't mean this is a weird thing to to praise, so to speak, but it is essentially like what I wrote my column on this week. Like the defining characteristic, as we're we're still in the wake of John Jones' recent idiocy, Floyd Mayweather has many ghoulish and monstrous dimensions to his his personality that John Jones also had. Floyd Mayweather has a strip club called Girl Collection. Like, literally the most dehumanizing thing that you could possibly call a strip club. And where did he come up with the idea of, I want to own a strip club? When he was sitting in jail for beating up the mother of his children in front of him. What a fucking hero. And yet, when he gets pressed on this stuff in public, there are a few athletes I've ever seen who are better at diffusing discussion about their past indiscretions and horrifying uh, uh, acts than Floyd Mayweather. His ability to just stick to the script, to demonstrate that kind of stoicism that Gary mentioned and always like steer the conversation away from it is incredible. And I don't just mean for like prize fighters, lots of athletes get up to lots of heinous shit and are not good people. Floyd Mayweather's ability to just be, be a politician and always stay on message and never trip over his own dick is amazing to me, given how awful some of his transgressions are. That's right. I, I think what he did to Victor Ortiz says 
everything you need to know about Floyd Mayweather. I, I really do. Honestly, it was a cheap shot. It was a terrible shot. And he didn't even get suspended. Well, no, it, it, was, it, was, was, good, it was a good, it was well good cheap shot. It was well-deserved. Well, sure. It, 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 was, it was a good <laughs> well cheap deserved. shot. I don't care. It, yeah, I, I, I only mean good because it knocked him the. It, it just knocked it KTFO'd him. You know what right, I mean? Like it, I mean, it did its job. But I know d defend yourself at all times. Blah 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 blah. Oh, I mean Conor McGregor did it tonight. You, you know, know he, I l listen. But I, what a fighter does outside of of their profession. Sure. Okay. Is is and and this is just me and and you know when I see Floyd in the ring, I'm not sitting there seething through my teeth and saying that dude's a woman beater and. Or that guy's gotten in trouble for beating a woman, or the guy's allegedly gotten in trouble for beating a woman, and you know, and, and start judging him on on what I hear. Uh, you know, everyone's done their dirt, and everyone has their story, and I don't know the context and their situations uh, in detail, and I am certainly not an investigator. So I just well, don't look at feel. The court records. No, no, no. I, I understand that, Jordan, and and and. and what I'm saying is, I'm not trying to diminish. I'm not trying to diminish what he did, but what I'm saying is, it has nothing to do with me watching him. Fight. Yeah, but you're choosing to ignore something that you shouldn't. Honestly, I'm not ignoring. I'm talking about it with you right now. Yeah, but you're I'll saying I'm not investigating. It. But you, I mean, I'm just saying I, I'm not. That 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 has nothing to do with my judgment or watching him fight. I don't right. know that whole story. So do you? Do you care about the person that is fighting? Do you care about what their moral makeup? Is or do you only care about their fighting techniques and strategy when they compete? I think that that depends on on how much I know about that person. So uh, I know a lot about Floyd. I've I've met Floyd. I've I've seen his entire career right uh, up pretty close. Um, I've never seen that side of Floyd. Okay, I've I've hung out with Mike Tyson, and there's. Horrible stories about Mike Tyson and and even some things that that, you know, uh, come up and maybe some people confirm and things like that. And it's like, you, you know what? I, you're with me right now that this is how I'm experiencing you. Sure. You know, and, and not even just on a one off, but on multiple occasions. And you don't see that side of somebody. Right. So it's kind of hard to, you know, judge them on some either either a past mistake. You don't know if they made a mistake. Right, but you're different. You don't know if if but it's but it's not my it's not my crime or or, or my judgment to forgive them but, for. But you're taking personal experiences and then making a decision. Not everyone gets to see or meet or be around these athletes. And nowadays, most people just read TMZ or look at whatever. I mean, sometimes the, the news isn't even real. Like I saw a really disturbing fake news story to push some testosterone booster and they're clearly taking the bar fight that Cody Gibson was in and changing the name Corey Corey Gibson and saying hell? yeah this is this is amazing I sent the link to, the, to the Cody go, the google me bitch yes what? yes yeah. so what they did is they said UFC fighter gets his ass kicked by guy in a bar who's taking super awesome mega test booster <laughs> and they misspell Cody's name or say that it's Corey Gibson. So you want to go confirm it. You type in Corey Gibson bar fight UFC. What's the first thing that comes up? Cody Gibson. Google me, bitch. There's a lot of uh, articles that were written that were shitting on, on Cody pretty hard there. Um, so all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is real. They just accidentally misspelled the guy's name. I'm going to go buy the stupid testosterone booster and hope my heart doesn't blow up. Um, getting back to what you were saying, Gary, most people don't take personal experiences because they never have personal experiences and 
deem a fighter a good or bad human being based on what is in court records. But do you records. think the fans that Mike Tyson has left, the, 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 those of us that just loved him in the beginning and, and, and just loved the way he fought and fell in I, love with the sport of boxing, maybe because of him, do, do you think that like, like all those people, every time they, they, they speak about him, have to acknowledge his past mistakes? Like, when, it, it, when, just, it doesn't matter about Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson isn't a, a relevant boxer. You're not putting Floyd, down money to watch. But does watch. it mean that every time you talk about Floyd Mayweather, that it, it's, it's warranted to, to it's that a, a, an attached part of that conversation is his mistakes in life? In depends this, on what the conversation. Yeah, depend, in, in, yeah, it depends on what context we're talking about him because you can't. But we we, we weren't yeah. talking about women getting beat up. I mean, we, we we went to the girl collection thing. We segued through the girl. We're collection. talking about his personality right now. Yeah, and if and also when we're talking about promoting a fight and you're put you're highlighting people's personalities and and people have to choose sides of who they like and who they don't like, who they want to get see get knocked out and who they're rooting but for. But not everyone that's actually when chooses the side. Not I mean, sometimes yeah, I mean, you that's, just, that's, you that's just definitely watch true. a good fight and you're just you know. But you're also an educated fight fan. That's and, true. And and that's a huge. There's a huge difference between the between uh, my man on Skype and us three sitting in this room and the rest of the world watching the fight. There's a big difference in the way we think about fighters and athletes. Well, we're I look at it like if I want my kid to look at any of these guys and want to be like any of these guys, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of, I would certainly more gear towards uh, Connor because I think when Connor speaks intelligently, uh, he's, he's amazing to listen to. I think Connor could give an amazing TED Talks. I really do. I think it would be epic. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, Floyd's certainly not the guy that I would, I would, point my kid in that direction and say, hey, look what he's accomplished, and right. I want you to be like him. You want your son to turn around one day and go, who the fuck is that guy? That's <laughs> what, what you the want. Is he gonna, what the fuck are you going to do, Dad? Yeah, I'm not doing my homework. <laughs> You'll but, do but, nothing. But I think it's important to but, look at but the I totality. Don't think, I don't think that when I'm, when I'm, when I'm showing, I, I don't think it should diminish me showing my kid Floyd fighting or saying this is a great fighter. I don't think it just always needs to be attached. I just don't. Yeah, but. I, to, don't, I don't see why it's, it's a. It's a constant stage for that when you're talking about fighting. Well, right now we're, I mean, I, I don't think I'm a journalist. I don't think I'm anything like that. But we are members of the media, and right now we're essentially putting Floyd up on the shelf. His career is done. The retrospective, I mean, he's done until he wants to fight again. But, um, you know, we're, we're putting him away, and the retrospective articles are going to come out again. And we're going to start to think of Floyd as a, person of the past and when you tell that story those things do come up it'll come up when 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 they want to put him in the hall of fame what in like five years when when you know they vote him in i'm sure it'll come up again and it'll you know be attached and someone will protest and you know look at what he did i mean that won't work he's gonna he's well i mean also the precedent arturo gaddy's in there arturo gaddy is a savage woman beater was a savage woman beater like you know, like it's certainly not going to impugn the man's career, but like as we were talking about, we were talking about the fact that like he is able to, for, for a dude that is completely witless, for a dude that is functionally illiterate, if that is to be believed, and there's certainly a weird amount of uh, corroborating and anecdotal evidence, it's amazing just how truly buttoned up and business savvy Floyd Mayweather is like, it's, it's astonishing to watch someone who so has all their ducks in a row all the time 
and can like like again going back to the John and Jones, yet comes off as smart as a cracker. That's that's what I mean. <laughs> that's a, like that's, that's a bad I, word to say. It comes off as smart as a as a yeah, you know um, as a yeah, that's, that's five dollars. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's a potato chip. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like you know, as a as a blade of grass. Like he really, there's no wit there at all. Yeah, like there's it's, it's, no it's wit there at all. Watch someone who's who's like persona <laughs> seems so just base and silly. And like, but that's that's the duality with this dude. Is like, you think, oh yeah, he's throwing around all this money at a strip club. Like, he's just like the most kind of like base and vulgar vision of what like success and being like a high powered athlete is supposed to be. And it belies the fact that like he really actually isn't that dude and has water in the club. And even if he is, you know, got some ghoulish dimensions to his personality, is someone that can always like like Connor in his bullshit saving face uh interview you know he didn't hit that hard he wasn't really that fast but the composure and that's something that Floyd has in the ring and out of it you know god even I was thinking about this as like Jim Gray was interviewing him even though he got hot sometimes over the years with Larry Merchant like it's amazing that someone like Floyd hasn't ever just bopped Jim Gray in the head who hasn't wanted to among (laughs) us well, he wanted yeah. to against Larry Merchant, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, Larry, him, and, him and Larry had a special adversarial relationship. I think it's possible Floyd comes back and fights Broner. God. Well, I mean, dude, this is the thing. Is that could happen. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Broner is what happens when you don't do the legwork and don't do the research and don't peel the layers back and figure out what Floyd Mayweather is really like. Mm-hmm. Because Adrian Broner is someone that... that like, like, Adrian Broner is a mark. You may think he's a mark for himself. No, he's a mark for just, just that kind of, like, base culture and humanity. Adrian Broner's the kind of person that sees Floyd Mayweather and doesn't get that it's a put-on. Right, as, as he's becoming Floyd Mayweather. A- Adrian trying, Broner well, no, but, but, is but, but, trying to be Floyd Mayweather. He's becoming, Floyd Floyd he's becoming a Floyd Mayweather costume. What? You got I, everybody spoke at once. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say Adrian Bronner is the young James Tony, uh, a guy that's so supremely talented, has has all the skills in the world, but just refuses to put in the necessary work. I think that one, I can't remember what fight it it was for, but some all access that Mayweather had leading up to one of his bouts, he he like him and Bronner saw each other at a concert or something like that, and Bronner comes into like this VIP area. With, I mean, he he actually dressed a lot like Kevin Lee this day. He had like some some vest or something with with no shirt, and he just had gut hanging out. And Floyd's <laughs> looking at him like like What the hell are you doing, man? Like that's the sort of thing that Floyd never would do between belts. Um, and and, we, and when we're talking about you know we're talking about a guy um his his personal shortcomings and you know his professional successes. I think it's important to look at the totality and, and and pick and choose what you want your children or your family or what you want yourself to be like. Because if you want to be as great as Floyd, you got to work damn hard the way he did. But at the same time, let's not have that same sense of entitlement. Let's not have that same uh, sense that you can just get away with anything you want. Vis a vis John Jones, like you don't you don't want to have that along with the great athletic talent with the, those accolades. I think the best, most current, the best current champion out there right now, currently champion, is Daniel D.C. Cormier. He's not the current champion. I want my kid to be, like, the champ. Not the current Daniel champion. D.C. Cormier. Not the current champion. John Jones is entitled to due process, Mr. Randall. 
Andy Foster told me himself. He'll be the current champion. <laughs> He'll be the current champion for like, I don't know, how, however long the hearing is, and then we're not going to hear from him for yeah. like four years. Waiting on that B sample. Oh, man. <laughs> when does that happen, by the way? I don't know. When does that come in? I'm not sure. That next week? Don't know. No idea. Got to have it by next week. If they had enough time to test A, they got enough time to test B. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's I got to happen. I am so. Novitsky no, says the B sample's already been tested. So. Yeah, of course yeah, it's been tested. Well, they're just waiting for the results. Yeah. And uh, talking to Andy Foster, Andy said that the only time he's ever heard of a B sample coming back different than the A sample was with THC. And uh, did that ha- did that happen with with Nick Diaz? I think so. Well, with yeah. Diaz was th- with Diaz. It was that he had three tests on flight night, right? And it was only the second one that he flunked, right? So the and middle then, one, right? Then Nevada yeah. ran that idiot up on to testify at the hearing. He was like, "Well, he could have drank like a lot of water. Yeah, he could have drank like, Lake Lake Mead." Didn't it happen with Shane against Antonio Margarito? Didn't that happen? Wasn't that a part of Balco? He, his his A came up positive, B came up negative, and then he, then he ended up being the poster boy for Balco. I thought I thought Barry Bonds was the poster boy. Well, Shane was the boxing poster boy. Hey, I saw this uh, I saw this uh, tweeted the other day by Victor Conte, and I forgot all about it. Uh, he came on the Sure Dog Radio Network and raised some suspicions about John Jones two years ago. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been vocal about that. Yeah. He's vocal about it on Twitter. Yeah, and it was, it was interesting because I had forgotten about that. And uh, look what happened. Yeah. I'm not saying that Victor Conti's right. Want to give John Jones every chance. Well, I shouldn't want to give John Jones any more chance. Well, chances. now he has half a chance. Well, well, he, it, as he far doesn't. as this scenario I mean, goes, he's already lost the first half. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know, know, man. I, I just, it is what it is, I guess. Um, all right, I'm going to go around the room one more time. Nobody's calling. Um, I think you might be onto something, Gary. I think a lot of people are just honestly satisfied. Like it's over. Oh, they're, they're satisfied, it, it man. It, delivered. It, you know, so it wasn't. It, well, it, it was good, not great, but the promotion was great. The fight was good. It was good. It was a good fight. Bad stoppage. I'm sorry. I well, in in boxing eyes, yeah, it, it's a good stoppage. Sure. It's a legit sure, stoppage. Sure. His head was popping back, man. He was he was obviously getting concussed at that point. There, there, there was no point. But from an MMA perspective, these dudes actually go I, through that and come back from it. And, mean, and that's just such a departure from how boxing fans look at someone that's hurt. Uh, it's hard for me to see a guy like Pat Berry and, and Czech Congo like, both get brained and then Congo comes back to win. Like, let the man get knocked down. Honestly. That's what I think. Connor, okay. If Connor wanted to stay in the fight, he should have known it was a boxing match. He should have just taken it. No, he, yeah, well, he should have just turned his back, and then the referee would have <laughs> given him a separation. And be like, hey, don't do that. And he could have done that like 16 times, then he could have sat down on his stool. What is that? Giving up your back. Uh, that, that's a, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I guess he was I trying well, to, there's got to be a new name in, for that move. I guess but. he was trying to incite a foul. I, uh, that was, but I mean, I, I like how the, how it took, uh, it took bird until what, like the sixth round to, uh, admonish Mayweather about that. Instead of saying something to McGregor every time Mayweather turned his back, I, I was yeah, I mean, a bit Flo- Floyd was coming in with his head down. He was, he was coming in and, in, in, in turtle shell stance and he was, you know, uh, he was, you know, I think he was setting Connor up to look like that. And I, and I, and I, and I, I think it was just, it was a un- tactic. 
it, it, I think it was like an, an unscripted uh, storyline that was kind of starting to play out. Was that they were, you know, Connor? It, it, they, they, it, it looked like Connor was being set up to look like he was he was making fouls. You, you think he was trying to fish for that money? I never, I never saw money? Floyd do that before. Yeah, I, I can't like go back and say I saw Floyd fight that style and do his head like that and turn around and do his butt like that. Uh, well, you know, that's that's like Broner kind of stuff. Like Broner does stuff like that. You the, know, the, but uh, it was just weird. There was a lot of talk about what would be in the contract as far as if a point was deducted or fouls and if Conor McGregor would have any pay withheld. If that was true, maybe Floyd was fishing for that. I, oh, I, I, I don't know. Listen, I mean, I mean, it didn't happen, so it, it doesn't right, matter. Right. You know, it, it, it's kind it, of a moot point. But but it, it was a strange storyline that, that ultimately it started out with the ref and, and his pre-fight speech. And uh, it, it just seemed like things were, were, were a little awkward, and it was coming from the boxing side, not not from Connor's side. I'm not going to grapple with you, Gary. I'm not going to wrestle with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even try to grapple with you, dude. Oh, anybody could beat my ass right now. I'm so tired. I would, I would so hit you and, and run like as if we were just playing tag. <laughs> I'm tired. Me and my dad bod would, would run about 30 feet and gas out. Jordan Breen, final comments on Mayweather versus McGregor. It's done. It's over. Can't we can't wait for Mayweather uh, to ride off into the sunset and give us the fight we really want—the real MMA versus boxing showdown, Conor McGregor and Paulie Malignaggi. Oh man, is that is, is it going to happen in the octagon? Probably in the octagon, you guys. It's going to happen in the. Paulie it's a Malnagy. bigger pay-per-view number in the octagon. Will it be a hundred dollars? No, no, it'll be a UFC event. This was a Showtime production, right? And a Mayweather promotion. But I mean, they, I know, I know, Connor had his name attached to the promotion, but ultimately, UFC had no shot in in you know having anything to do with anything going on. And I think they were they were happy with that. I think they wanted that. But that's not what's going to happen if someone comes over to the UFC. That's a UFC production. Gary, final thoughts. I, uh, I, you know, I, I think it was good, not great. Um, I'm totally satisfied. I'm I'm actually happy for Connor. I think that he did nothing but gain fans and and gain uh, ad adoration tonight. I, I think that uh, uh, Floyd did what he said he would do in the end. He, he took him into the water. He looked good doing it uh, when it ended. So kudos to him. He he does kind of give something to his fans that wanted something like that from him. So I think it was kind of a win on that side uh, for for boxing fans. Boxing fans can. Live to breathe until uh, a UFC champion does end up, in my opinion, inevitably one day, whether it's in one year, five years, 10 or 20, uh, one day the skill level will be there on the MMA side. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we're just seeing the beginning of that. And I, and I, I welcome uh, the door that's now been opened and the opportunities that are, that are ahead of us. As you said on the science of violence, it's boxing evolved. It's boxing evolved. Anthony Walker, final thoughts. Uh, I think a uh, final thought is just to appreciate it. Appreciate what we saw. Um, we witness history. We witness something that I think we're going to feel the effects of this for years and years to come. This was this was history right here. Um, the two, you know, bastard cousins or bastard whatever relationship between boxing and MMA in some strange way was bridged, but in another strange way might have been divided just enough to, to make to make this sort of thing enticing, uh, whether you're on one side of the fence or the other. So I, I loved it. I, I, I loved it. It made the 
horrific buildup worth it in, in the end? And I think Conor McGregor is for, has cemented himself as an absolute legend, no matter whatever whatever else happens in his career. And um, with that being said, can't wait for Strew versus Volkov now. Oh man! <laughs> All right, uh, Anthony Walker and Jordan Breen, you'll both be back on Wednesday's edition of the JBS. Actually, are you gonna be able to do that? Yeah, yeah, I, I'll um, yeah, I'll yeah. leave uh, for Invicta right after that. All right, sweet. I'll be at Invicta. I'll leave Monday. Uh, I think I may be doing a beatdown with Mike Fridley, depending on uh, travel. Uh, Jordan Breen, we'll talk to you on Wednesday for sure. Uh, thanks for everything. Staying up late, recapping uh, K1 Dynamite, and then, of course, tonight, Mayweather versus McGregor. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. I, pre- I appreciate you. Peace, homies. Big nog. Big nog. Inside jokes. Uh, they're always fun. Uh, I'm really tired. I need to go. Um, if you missed any part of this broadcast, all access panel at Sure.com, iTunes Music Store, under podcasts. I uh, should be back on Monday with another edition of B-Town. Thank you again to everybody that supported the Javier Vasquez 24-hour marathon. Thanks for everything. Uh, for the last 12 years that we've been on the air. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, happy to be done tonight and uh, going to go to sleep. Uh, it's been real. You just got beat down after the bell. It's Sure Dog Radio Network. TJ DeSantis production and is property of the Sure Dog Radio Network. Its content is intended for private use only.